We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app welcome back everyone you are listening to steel talking i'm your host Geraldine Steele. And I'm excited about this half hour with Joanne Manser. Who is she? She is the chair of the West St. Paul Mendota Heights Egan Area Schools Board. Joining us to discuss Henry Sibley High School in Mendota Heights has officially changed its name, which I'm pretty excited about. Monday night, the district school board vote, uh, voted five to one with one person not in attendance to change the name of two, two, uh, change the name to Two Rivers High School, and I love that name. Now, Henry Hastings Sibling, the namesake of Sibley County and the former namesake of the high school, was the first governor of the state of Minnesota. Sibley's role in the 1862 U.S.-Dakota War remains controversial. So let's welcome Joanne Manser. Hey, Joanne, how are you? Very well. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to have you. I'm sure your phone is ringing off the hook with this big change. This is huge. Tell us how this began for you and how it has ended and how do you feel about it? Sure. Um, So I've been on the board uh, for about 10 years now, 10 and a half years, and this isn't a new conversation. We've been um, having folks reach out to us, you know, via email or or give us give us calls, you know, a couple, three, four times a year or more, you know, ever since I've been on the board. And I've spoken to previous board members uh, that have had that same experience. So I think that this is a topic that the community has been, you know, talking about uh, over, over, you know, decades. And probably mid last year, June, I think about, we had some um, folks come to our, uh, our school board meetings uh, just with more sort of vigor and um, enthusiasm for talking about changing the name. And so we brought it to the school board. Uh, we voted on it in December. Um, we first uh, had some school board members that really wanted to get more information, really felt like they needed um, just sort of a refresher um, in the history of Henry Sibley. We did that, and then we voted in December to go ahead and change the name. And then the past six months, we've had um, community input. We've had a naming committee of 30 members of our community uh, to get together and to decide to get bring the board to um, maybe up to three names to choose from. And, yeah, the board meeting was 
uh, last Monday, and I was thrilled, actually, with the change. Um, I like the name. Uh, I, I don't know that I had a decision when I went into the meeting, but I, I think that um, the vote of the board is, is a stamp that we're, we're moving in the right direction, and I'm excited as a community to come behind the new Two Rivers High School. From what you've just told me, uh, Joanne, what I have learned is that it can take decades to change something. But just remember, when it comes to a board, a school board, the people are changing as well. And it sounds as though you finally have the right mix to say yes. Am I correct? I think, yes, I think that's absolutely true. Um, like I said, I've been on the board for... Ten and a half years. I've been the board chair for five and a half, I believe. Um, time time goes by quick, um, and I think that this was uh, sort of a, a confluence, if I can use that term, especially given the Two Rivers name, of the right time. My Two um, Rivers, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, we have uh, we had a bond referendum a couple of years ago. Our high school has gotten just. It, I mean, it's had an amazing transformation just from a physicality of the building. Um, and it's really just um, such a great time for us to, you know, to sort of move on, not forget, you know, not, um, you know, not forget the history that the high school has had, but really, you know, from this point forward, move on with that new name. It sounds like you're going out. I'm so sorry that I can't hear you, Joanne. Are you Oh, there? no, no, that's okay. Is it better now? Yes, it is better now. So here's the thing for me. As um, as I think about this, the changing of a name of a school uh, is heavy. It's heavy in the sense that you have this huge group of people that came before today that are alumni. They love the name. This is the reason why a lot of these teams don't change their name because they have so many followers or those schools that have those names that people don't like and they're complaining about it. Um, there are alumni that are saying, please don't change it. This, this is my alma mater. Are you hearing from the alumni at what is now called Two Rivers High School? Well, Geraldine, that's actually a pretty funny thing that <laughs> because I'm married to an alumni of Henry Sibley High School. And so, yes, I'm hearing about it uh, a lot. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, he, he wasn't in support of, of the name change. Um, but we also had some really good conversations about it. Um, I was at a community event last night for a, a friend of my son's, and, you know, I had some great conversations. Um, the thing with West St. Paul, Mendota Heights, Egan area, we, people don't leave. They stay forever. And so you run into alumni all around. And what was interesting is the people that came to the board last June, um, many of them were alumni. So although they, you know, graduated from Henry Sibley High School, they really wanted to, I mean, they were concerned about it when they went to school there. And so I think moving forward, is it hard? Absolutely, right? Like, you know, we're still calling it the Washington football team. And I think those things are hard. But I think, you know, in what I keep thinking to myself is in 10 years, people might not even remember. I mean, the alumni will remember, but as new people move into the community, as our graduates, you know, graduate with from Two Rivers High School, um, in a couple years, we won't have any, you know, graduates that ever went to Henry Sibley in the high school. I think that that's, you know, I, I mean, it, it's a hard lift. I, I do feel bad. I understand, you know, that there's, there's people that are upset, but um, I really do feel like it's, it's a great name. Um, we had a lot of support in the community for it, 
and I think it really is. Um, I'm excited. I have a daughter who's going to be a junior, so in two years um, she'll graduate. She'll be the second graduating class from Two Rivers High School. How about that? So now you're going to have to change all the paraphernalia, all of the uh, the banners, the, the the letter coats. All of that is going to have to, you know, the letter jackets. All of that will have to change eventually. Are you taking your time with that move so that people can kind of settle into this, the students can kind of settle in a little more? Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we, I had mentioned earlier, we have a changed, we had a bond referendum. So um, we had money in that budget for signage uh, on the high school anyway. And so that will happen relatively shortly, right? Because um, we want to have the new name on the high school. Um, but as far as, you know, how long it takes us to, you know, replace the paper or um, have all the uniforms replaced, many of those costs are um, kind of built into our budget. So it's one of those things, you know, do we replace everything all at once or do we just, you know, replace it over time? I think that decision's still yet to be made. Um, but yep, yeah, and you know, I my my husband will keep, you know, his his Henry Sibley T shirts and that's okay. <laughs> um, but you know what? I think it's pretty exciting to see what, you know, our communications department can do as far as, you know, what the the you know, logo and font and the, you know, excitement, you know, sort of around two rivers, what what that looks like. And I'm looking forward to that. You know, I keep wondering, um, and it may seem like a very stupid question, so forgive me, but in the um, the way we are right now in this country, we're so divided. I didn't think we could get this divided, but we can. We can even go further. And I worry. I, I have to ask you if you've had phone calls from very angry uh, alumni or very angry parents, even for today, their students about to graduate or they're about to go into their senior year. I hope you didn't get any death threats because these are the things, even though it seems simple, it makes sense to change the name, all of a sudden people get upset about it and they're just taking all of this anger they've been living up with for you know four to six years or four to eight years and they can't handle anymore are you hearing anything like that um we are i i mean not you know specific you know to myself um well, maybe a little bit, but, um, you know, we, we get angry emails and, and, you know, as board chair, I respond to all of those. Um, I've had some interesting conversations with community members who've called me and they've been, you know, very polite. They just want to understand the process and how it works. Um, I'll be honest. I think there's a, a big, uh, miss, uh, what's what I'm looking for, sort of misunderstanding about the role of the school board. And, and I think that that's, you know, something that I help, you know, people understand, right? They were representative government. They voted us in to make decisions on behalf of the of the community. And, and one of our, our roles is naming Tier 1, big buildings, fields, et cetera, in the district. And so it really was our job to do. Uh, the school board meeting on Monday, um, you know, I've been in this district a long time, and we've had a lot of you know, not a lot. I shouldn't say a lot. We've had some folks that or some decisions that people don't like. And I, I really expected there to be more people at the board meeting on Monday. And there actually weren't. There were maybe 15 people there. Um, two people spoke at our public comments, you know, opposing the n name change. Um, you know, one gentleman did, you know, kind of yell at us after the um, after the vote. But, you know, he was sort of 
calm down relatively quickly and you know we took a little bit of a recess and then and then restarted the meeting and so i mean i i i feel like the the people that are happy about it you know they're they're just out there living their lives and being happy um the the minority of folks that i think are are like angry enough to do something or to you know email or or mm-hmm. call is not really that many people like I said, my husband's a graduate, right? Like, would he have preferred it, it stayed Henry Sibley? Absolutely. But he also understands things change, and, and that's, that's okay, and it's, it's going to move forward, and everybody is, is going to be fine. And, and like I said, I think this really is just such a great time with the buildings looking different and the kids going back to school in the fall um, just to have, you know, the, the name settled and, and can't wait to see what it looks like on the outside of the building. Well, I'm sure you'll be answering a lot of questions for a long time, uh, mainly because school board members are elected. And I remember, what, about eight years ago, maybe, uh, when dark money started showing up in some of those elections for school board, because school board members are powerful. I believe that this, the word that is written uh, in our history is really important. And, and those that are school board members, they make big decisions on what these students read, what they learn, and so much more. So it's not surprising to me that people are crossing lines with their anger uh, because it's a powerful position that you're in. No matter how small um, the area is, no matter how large it is, the bottom line, school boards really have to be careful and let people know exactly what they are doing as they are moving forward. Tell us why, tell us how. And maybe that will, you know, help some of those relationships get better. But boy, it has been a a challenge with school boards across this state of Minnesota. So I wish you well with this. It's amazing that you guys reached uh, to Two Rivers High School now. And um, hopefully we'll, we'll get an update in a year or two to see how things are going. Absolutely. We'd love you to to come and look at the building someday and uh, see how fabulous it looks. And and just it, we're excited as a community, uh, you know, to move forward with that. I think it's great. Don't be surprised if you see me. Okay, Joanne? <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome anytime. All right. You take care of yourself. And thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Have a great evening. You too. Joanne Manser is her name, the chair of the West St. Paul Mendota Heights Egan Area Schools, uh, the, the the board chair of the um, school board. And uh, I, I tell you, when I heard about this, I was a little nervous. Some people may think, oh, nobody's getting death threats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are at that point today. It's surprising how much we don't want change. And when it happens, we get really upset sometimes. So we have to be patient with one another and try to figure out how to make it work when we're in each other's space, even if we don't want to be. We may run into each other somewhere. All right, stay tuned. We'll take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, 
the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. Now, coming up at 8.33, we're going to have to, we, we got to talk about this. When I saw the article, I was very excited. St. Paul is one of 11 cities in the country that is promising reparations. I believe I, who was I interviewing? And I, oh, it was our Attorney General, Keith Ellison, um, last Sunday. And I asked the question, um, out of all that's going on right now, are reparations next? And then this article came out. I was really excited to read it, and I'm excited to talk to Trey Hearn Cruz. He is a member of the committee and joins, will be joining us at 833 to describe the committee's work, which begins next month. Really quite remarkable. Now, when you talk about reparations, some people leave, walk away. They don't want to hear anything else about it. Don't talk to me. I don't want to hear anything about it. It's really um, strange to me. I don't know why people say things like that. Just about every other group that has either been invited to come here, immigrants, uh, or those like in Vietnam uh, were given um, the ability to start businesses here. They had um, support. And, you know, here it is with African-Americans who were all part, you know, of our, our um, ancestors, the slaves that were kidnapped and brought here and promised, we were promised reparations and it never happened. So it, it just constantly just keeps continuing. There are those who have thought to say, you know, well, maybe we can give each family, you know, 5000 or $10,000 each. Uh, how does that work in each state? Does each state have the opportunity to do it? So we're going to talk to Trahern Cruz at 8.33 about this particular subject. Now, we're going to have weather coming up next. Um, I don't know if you've been hearing that the um, the interviews that I'm doing are starting to go in and out. Please be patient with us. We don't know what is causing that right now, but we're working on it um, because I love being here with you, and I hope that you will stick and stay with us. Also, in the 9 o'clock hour, that's center stage, all things arts and entertainment. We have a great lineup for you. Um, for those that know uh, Pillsbury Playhouse, Faye, Faye Price will be joining us and has some really great news and sad news at the same time, as far as I'm concerned. I was sad to read that. And then at 923, Michael Gruber is going to join us. He is in the, the musical The Music Man at Chanhassen Dinner Theaters. And we're going to talk to him about what it feels like to be back and so much more. And then, of course, we have, we're going to actually play the Happy Days theme. Remember Happy Days on television? Well, Marion Ross played Mrs. Cunningham on Happy Days. And she will be joining us. How about that? we got a lot to talk about. There's stuff going on with her that you need to know. So stay tuned. Weather is next. It is now 8.35 here at WCCO. Welcome back. You are listening to Steel Talk, and I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. And as promised, we have Trey Hearn Cruz joining us. As I said a moment ago, St. Paul is one of 11 cities in the country, only 11, that is promising reparations. Now, how will this work? 
Traherne Cruz is a member of the committee and joins us to describe the committee's work, which begins next month. That is very soon. Traherne, welcome to CCO. Am I pronouncing your first name correctly? Uh, yes, Traherne like Aaron. Okay, Tran Cruz. All right. <laughs> well, first of all, we really appreciate you. We really appreciate you joining us, and to know that only eleven cities in the country that that are promising um, reparations. Were you surprised to hear that number? Uh, yeah, I was. I, I was. I'm glad that that it was growing. When we first started this effort, there were uh, zero cities. So um, I'm excited that uh, I think that St. Paul. And what happened with George Floyd is inspiring people around the country uh, to start looking at reparatory justice for the American descendants of slavery and start calculating. Yeah, and that is something that people are talking about. Okay, what is the next thing that will, right, what, what will we start working on next? So this makes sense to me, it does. But it seems like it would take a, just throngs of people to come to tables and try to make this work. We've been talking about this for how long? forever. And yes. so where did you begin as one of the cities in the country to, to promise reparations? When did the promise happen and how long did it take for it to happen? Well, I was just looking at, uh, I did a men by men conference and that was a workshop that I did on reparation that after being elected uh, the chair of the Green Party of the United States Reparations Working Group. And then City Councilwoman Jane Prince attended that workshop. Then a couple months later, Evanston, Illinois, was the first city in uh, America to pass a reparations resolution. So after that, Ms. Prince uh, contacted me because I had the St. Paul Recovery Act already written up. So Evanston kind of, we had wow. a similar proposal. And how long did but, it take for 11 to join in? Uh, I think that just happened. We probably just hit 11 last week with uh, Detroit. Just signed on mm-hmm. with a with a proposal that passed uh, with a six to one vote last week. So at first St. Paul was the biggest city, but now Detroit is the biggest city to pass. Uh, so isn't it amazing that this is actually working slowly though? Yeah. The, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, sometimes no, no the problem. mic is I'm going still, in and out, so be patient I with us. Sometimes I have okay? to pinch myself to think about like the work that I'm in, that we're involved in right now and that St. Paul is doing this. So, when I'm out talking to people or we're, we're doing surveys with people and just, I have to like uh, pinch myself to like, this is really happening. So I'm really proud of it. If it is really, I am too. And if this is really happening, what is the next step? Now that you have 11, do you keep working on more cities? Uh, so here in the city, the, the beautiful thing about this resolution is what it does is it makes the city council reparations activists. So it makes them, it calls for them to demand reparations at the state and federal level. So at the state level, uh, we'll be working on some legislation called the Minnesota Migration Act. And then at the federal level, this HR 40 and some other legislation that could revi- could provide e- immediate relief while uh, those studies are taking place because we know uh, people need need help right now and can't wait on the study. So how is this being funded? Uh, well, right now we just received a grant from the East Side Funders Group, but before that we were not receiving any funding, and that might have been a big part of why it, you know, 
I'm not going to say a big part of why it passed, but, you know, we were um, not on a certain timeline or anything like that. But so far, we have received a grant from the Eastside Funders Group. So when do you expect reparations to be signed, sealed, and delivered in the state of Minnesota, in the city, you know, of St. Paul? In the city of St. Paul, I, I expect it to happen within about a year and a half. But the mayor just signed on wow. to a pilot program, too. So um, that's really exciting, too, with, that they're connected with like 11 mayors across the country. So there's a, it's, it's a snowball effect. And we expect since the, um, you know, Biden has the House, has the um, White House, uh, the Democrats have the Senate in the House that H.R. 40 or reparations proposals should pass. With, without question, ninety um, percent of black. But you know voters, how many? Yeah. Well, well, ninety percent of black people voted for Biden. Without the pe- black people in Detroit who just passed the reparations resolution, I don't think Biden would be president. Without the black people in Atlanta who uh, flipped Georgia, I don't think Biden would be president. So, without those people in the South, so I think it's time for um, we deliver. Now it's time to collect. So in collecting, how is it dispersed? Well, so there's different uh, there's different things. I know our ancestors picked cotton, and there was tax on that cotton, and that cotton sat in the United States Treasury and gained interest. So we think that that money should come from uh, the United States Treasury and be dispersed to people whose ancestors went through slavery, sharecropping, lynching, red line in the redistricting. But and how far, okay, so how far then are you going back into, go ahead. These are discussions, though. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm speaking for myself uh, on on my behalf, but these are discussions that we'll be having with uh, the Legislative Advisory Committee and the community at large. But I would like to go back to, I mean, Dred Scott was here in slavery. So if you look at uh, Mm -hmm. Ramsey County did an audit in 2008, and it said that its policies and procedures harm the people that society fears the most. And the people that society fears the most look like George Floyd, look like Dante Wright, look like me. You know, and those policies uh, caused um, the racial wealth gap. Those policies caused the uh, education gap, the housing gap, the health gap that we see here in Minnesota. Those policies that were racist and harmful towards black people have made uh, St. Paul the most livable city for white people, but one of the worst cities for black people. So that's why we think this uh, St. Paul Recovery Act is so critical right right now. And um, white people have uh, 90% of the wealth in America and black people have three percent to close that gap we think we know i believe reparations is the best uh, policy to to pursue so what does what does the committee working on this look like is it white people black people uh, people of color jews what who do we have on this committee that is trying to bring this forward um we have the distinguished uh professor dr yahuru williams from saint thomas uh is one of the other co-chairs and Veronica Burt 
is a long-time Rondo resident and a community developer, and myself are, are the conveners. Then we have Nick Muhammad, who's been working on reparations proposals at the state. Uh, we do have a, a, a white gentleman, Vic Rosenthal, is on the board. We also have uh, education advocate, Coolia Pringle, is on the board. Um, yeah, we have, a, we have a, a strong group of people right now. So the Re- reparations legislative um, advisory committee is pretty steep, pretty deep. Uh, do you have room for more to come on board and be a part of this? And then, how do you know that you have succeeded? What What do you need to know in order to say, "Yeah, we are there. We can actually make this happen now." Oh uh, well, we need community input. Is so that's real. That's real big importance. So that's why we're out talking to community members and gathering, uh, doing the surveys and getting information. And there is room for uh, people to get involved. So we'll be having town halls. Uh, we'll be conducting surveys. We'll be having inf- informational sessions or listening sessions. So we can hear from the community what they think uh, reparations should be. So it's not just us saying. Um, this is what reparations is. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for people, for people to get involved, and online surveys too. Mm. So and, uh, we'll, this, go ahead. Uh, we'll know when um, we have a, a strong, a strong um, reparations ordinance. When that it shows that my my belief when it shows that that it's going to be able to to close the racial wealth gap in St. Paul. I read here um, on your website that the Reparations Legislative Advisory Committee will be a limited-term committee which will meet for one year, July 2021 through June 2022. What's the first thing on the agenda? Uh, Right now is um, understanding the racial wealth data and things. So we're uh, still developing our scope of work, but we want everybody on the committee because we have some people that we just want to make sure that we're all kind of understanding what the racial wealth data is here in St. Paul. Understanding how the city works is going to be very important for everybody on there and uh, understanding how cities generate revenue is going to be some of the most important things. And, And things like tips what was tax incremental financing things like that mm. this is um really crucial i'm excited that saint paul is engaged in tr- in making this happen or trying to make this happen i'm sure there will be changes along the way i'm sure you'll have um you'll be adding people along the way uh, when will we get to hear how far are you coming? Will you guys announce incrementally um when changes are happening or when you're getting closer? Oh, absolutely. And then we'll be bringing in experts, too, uh, on reparations. So there's a lot of experts here in, in Minnesota, like professors and economists and stuff like that. But then there'll be some national ones that we'll bring in and down. So when we're doing that, we will want a community to be involved. So that'll be another way that we'll be keeping it, uh, everyone well, up to speed. I'm looking forward to knowing um, or hearing more about, and it, it may keep changing, but I want to know how this is going to look. I'm thrilled that you guys are working on this. It's something that's been talked about for 
decades. And of course, we get to a point where something seems to be happening and then it just dies out. It just, you know, peters out. And you just wonder, why can't we seem to get this done? Um, and I don't know what people think of as reparations, except I know that, you know, many of the elders in the communities of color will say, hey, it was, you know, we're supposed to give 40 acres and a mule. And you and I both know that's probably not likely. Would you right. say? Yeah, so we got to get the modern version yeah. of what so, that looks like. What that looks like. And can you give that to us tonight? Um, so there's just there's a lot of different models. The original. Um, Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I think there's a lot of different models of what that looks Lost like. Him. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can hear you. Go ahead. Um, there's a lot of different models of what that looks like, but I know just from talking to people, direct cash payments is the, um, one of the most critical models that people are, are looking at. A lot of people are looking at land. Um, so, but then just seeing what we can do at the city level too. But I know when we talk about pure reparations, you're talking mm -hmm. about direct cash payments, but Evanston, they just started out with, uh, housing grants. But again, it's really important to understand the racial wealth data so that you don't, we don't set people up for failure. Are you surprised that Evanston, Illinois joined, Dan? Are you surprised at any of the cities that have come on board? Uh, Massachusetts. There's towns in Massachusetts that are coming on board that I was uh, really surprised that Rhode Island just got involved. I know Portland's getting involved. Um, I'm, it's not necessarily the city. Sometimes it's the cities. It's just the speed that things that is starting to just all starting to kind of come together, that people are understanding that it's time right now and i think a lot of this situation because minnesota is ground zero for uh social justice that uh what happened to george floyd what happened to dante wright um and some of the other people here philando is making people understand that uh now's the time for reparation because the uh, murder now of george floyd wasn't just a, um it was police brutality but there was even economic components involved in that what do you mean? Well, just how he was at the store and the police were called and, you know, things like that. So, and actually within George Floyd's family, his, uh, there's an article in the LA Times, uh, where they interview, uh, Angela Harrell, I believe her name is, and she talks about how the family had 500 mm -hmm. acres stolen from them. But a great, great grandfather who brought himself out of slavery ended up amassing 500 acres and then that was stolen from him. And a lot of African-Americans or black people whose ancestors went through slavery have had land stolen from them. And land and real estate creates generational wealth. Probably yeah, you know, um, here in Minnesota, there are several families, families that can prove and have proved that it was stolen from them. And still, they have not been given anything back. So, you know, exactly. it's not that the, these, uh, the people in charge <laughs> who make this happen or don't make it happen, it's not that they aren't saying, hey, it's not true. They're saying, yeah, that's true. It was stolen. And I'm sorry. Sorry is not enough. So I'm grateful for those of you, including yourself, that are really working hard, starting to really move forward. 11 cities may seem small, but it doesn't seem small to me. So thank you for joining us tonight, Mr. Cruz, and I really look forward to getting an update from you in a couple of years. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for taking time to talk to us tonight.
All right. You take care. And if people want more information, where do they go? Uh, they can go to the city of St. Paul's website and put in stpaul.gov slash reparations, or you can go to www.stpaulrecoveryact.com. Recoveryact.com. Thank you so much. You take care. You too. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot going on, and we'll have some uh, comments about that coming up. Well, we have to end the show uh, in this particular hour. Um, it is now 8.57, and, of course, I want to let you know I had comments to make. But we're going to do more than this. I'm going to search for a panel discussion to talk about how reparations has been going on or the thought of it has been going on and talked about for a very long time. And let's get to the bottom of it and see how we can get on top of it. Thank you so much for joining us up to now. Center Stage, All Things Arts and Entertainment is coming up next. Faye Price is our first guest, and I cannot wait. Stay tuned. We have some great guests. And then, of course, the Mom and Michael Hour. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.